This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Speak to us. Uh, teach us by your spirit. Open our eyes of understanding to uh, receive the realities of your kingdom in the name of Jesus. Amen. So today we're going to conclude on the sermon series that we started, that we called, that we called? Rooted. Rooted. And uh, in the part one, we talked about what again? Who remembers? Uh, well, you do something to the seed. Planted. Amen. So in part one, we were talking about being planted to become rooted in the kingdom of God and in the purpose of God for our lives. In part two, we talked about what? Well, that's the third one. Eh? Watering. Okay. Part two. Huh? Huh? When you plant, what happens? It grows. Growing. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. And you had this in the sermon note as well. You know, okay. But last Sunday was what? At least that one is still fresh. Pruning, pruning, pruning. So we talked about being planted, if you are not planted, you cannot be rooted. Amen? And when you're planted, the goal of planting is so that it will grow and pro produce fruit. Not so. When you plant, the expectation of planting is a harvest. You have an expectation that whatever it is I'm planting is going to grow it's going to bear fruit, and I'm going to harvest the fruits thereof. Praise the Lord. Amen. Sorry for the interruption. <laughs> Interlude. So the, when I'm planted and rooted in God, in Christ, and I continue to grow, for me to grow to the fullest potential, there needs to be pruning. And we talked about the fact that the pruning, amen, the pruning, when pruning is happening, what you're doing is you're cutting off unproductive branches. Part of pruning is also cutting off dead branches. I illustrated with a dead branch last time. Amen? So God is pruning us. And I said it, we, are, we are blessed because the one that is doing the pruning is the almighty God. If it was a man that was doing the pruning, they may accidentally cut off a productive branch. Amen. Maybe they are using a saw 
as they are trying to cut off the one on top, they go, and then they cut all the way down. But the one that is doing the pruning is the one with all knowledge, the one that knows you, the one that knows me, the one that knows what is right and best for each one of us. And it's pruning and taking out some things out of our lives. The challenge we have a lot of times is we are struggling with the pruning that God is doing. God is saying this friend is not a good influence in your life. Let her go. Let him go. But you're saying, I love him. I love her. And I gave the example of myself. Amen? Because it's easier that way. When I, nobody will say, Pastor is talking about me. Amen? So today, we're, we're going to talk about harvest as we wrap things up. You know, it's possible for some people to have been just so focused on uh, the plants and things that we have been showing. But the message really is the word of God is the seed. Amen? My life and your life is the field. So the word of God is planted in the field, which is me, which is you, and the word begins to grow, but for the word to be effective, for the word to do what it's supposed to do in my life, I must pay attention to the pruning that God is doing in my life. There are many things bogging us down, weighing us down, and I say us, Myself inclusive. Last week, Saturday, uh, we had a program in church, and one of the speakers said, we need to come up with a list of things we need to stop doing. You know, usually, you come up with a to-do list, things I want to do. We said we must come up with a, thing, a list of things to stop doing. What is that telling you? You need to start pruning. You need to start pruning. You need to start cutting off things that are just a waste in your life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So today, we'll be talking about harvest. You will not miss your harvest. Okay. I will not miss my harvest. Why are you selfish? I just prayed for you. And then I'm praying for myself. You can't even agree with me. And I will not miss my harvest. Amen. Come on now, church. Amen. It's part of what we are teaching. Don't be selfish. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So let's come back. You know, so when you look at something like this, grapefruit, you have oranges here, you have grapefruits here. What we, when, when we see this, you know, so I hope this is succulent. A nice, juicy orange will do well for the body, right? And I love grapes. It's my best fruit. You know, you're wondering, what can I get, Pastor? Get me grapes. I love grapes, but make sure it's sweet. There is no use for sour grapes. You know, it's like you want to break your teeth. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But when you look at these grapes, what you don't see is the effort 
and the labor that has gone into the preparation and the process for you to have the grip at the end of the day. A lot of times when you see people that have worked with God, you know, uh, many of us love and admire our general overseer, for example. What you don't see in all of that admiration, what you're seeing in the admiration is the fruit of his life. You're seeing the fruit, but you don't see the process. Amen? For every seed that is planted, there is a lot of work that goes into the process to produce the fruit. Amen? And for those of you that are wondering what our seed is, our seed is not a fruit. So if you grow, a, if you grow something that produces a fruit, we know you have cheated. Amen? Our seed is, uh, anybody guess? Radish. It's a radish. So you do well underneath the soil, you have a radish developing. Uh, we will see who gets a radish at the end of the day. Don't go to the store and buy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, for you to have fruit requires effort, requires work. And one of the things I told you last week is it requires intentionality. I have to be intentional. I have to be intentional. No. Okay. The only thing that grows without effort is wheat. You have a field. Don't plant anything there. I can guarantee you something will grow. And when it grows, more than likely it's not what you want to grow there that will grow. You will not suddenly see an orange tree grow on an abandoned field. Why? Because to grow oranges, you have to plant orange seed. To grow apples, you have to plant apple seed. So it's important for us to know that if we are going to grow in Christ Jesus, amen, it requires being intentional. I've told you again and again, one of the reasons the Lord laid this series on our heart is because the church has become I look for the word. It's like a transactional place where I come and make demands of God. God, give me this. God, give me that. I need this job. I need this promotion. You know, it's, it's become a transactional relationship. We are becoming less like Christ, but we like to brag about the things that we have acquired. So this series, what is... The harvest we're talking about that is going to become of you and I, the fruit that we'll be producing is going to cause our lives to look more like Jesus. We're going to bear fruit that when people see, will begin to say there's something different about you. Amen? The big idea today is I want all of us to understand that the ultimate goal of the gardener, God, God is the gardener. We have established that over the time. The ultimate goal of the gardener is to have a harvest. 
from our lives. God desires a harvest. Too many of us are going through the motions. We know all the church lingo. If you, if you want to determine who is Christian by lingo, you, you will catch a lot of stuff in that net. But the Bible says something very important. It says, by their fruit. By their fruit. Not by what they say, but by their fruit. By their fruit. You know, so, we know that the seed is good. We talked about that. The seed is the word of God. There's no problem with the seed. If the seed is good and the soil is good and the conditions are right, you know what will automatically happen? Between the seed and the soil, they know what to do. Amen? The seed, if the soil is good, we know the seed is good, you put the seed and the soil and the right conditions, the seed will just grow automatically. When I planted, I've shown you my plant. When I planted, I wasn't going back digging up the dirt to see how I can help the seed grow. Automatically, it grew. Why? Because the seed is good, the soil is good, and the conditions were right. So, one thing you can be sure of is the word of God you're hearing is good. What I need to do is to continue to work on my heart and improve my heart so that I can have the right soil. Was what we talked about. We talked about the four different kinds of soil in the part one when we talked about planted, being planted. Amen. You don't want to have the uh, stony heart that has no earth in it. Or a heart that is crowded by the issues of life. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? How shall we be clothed? You don't want a heart that is, that the, the cares of this world is choking up the world. Meaning, I have to intentionally make room for the word of God in my heart. It has to be receptive. So, very quickly, in the time remaining, I want us to look at a few things about harvest, a few facts, truth about the harvest. The harvest is in you. Look at your neighbor. Say, the harvest is in you. The harvest is in me. The one that is cultivating the soil of my heart is the Holy Spirit himself. The one that is going to cause things to happen in my heart is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, it lists a, a, a few things there that walking with the Holy Spirit will accomplish in our lives. Amen? He said, but the fruit of the Spirit. Someone say the fruit of the Spirit. There is a fruit that is produced by the Holy Spirit. It says, when you and I, if you read it in context, you read the, that, that uh, chapter 5, it says, when we walk with the Spirit, when I walk with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will produce this fruit in my life. And then he gives the example. He said, love, 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Gentleness and self-control. He says, against this there is no law. Amen. When I am walking by the Spirit, I am making my moves not based on what I feel. Why? Because my emotions will play tricks on me. Amen. Let's use the example of uh, Dr. Yemisi. Imagine what the enemy is saying to her. Oh, your license is gone. Just forget it. You better go get reskilled and retrained because you're not going to get this thing back. And because we are human beings, it is possible for those thoughts to come. But those negative emotions has nothing to do with the plan of God for her life. Our scripture of the month, Isaiah 46, verse 10, it says, everything I, God, plan for you will come to pass. Oh, okay, five people understand that. Everything that God has in plan for you, it says, I, God, I will make it happen. Amen. So when I walk with the Spirit, what does it mean to walk with the Spirit? Amen. I'm, I'm going to make decisions. You know, there's a new job opportunity. Matter of fact, I have two. One is paying stupendously better than the other. How do I make my decisions? Do I make my decisions based on finances or do I base, uh, make my decisions after I have consulted with the Holy Spirit? Remember what she said. She said, my friend and I, we had prayed, and this is what God has said. Amen? So, when I take time, the Holy Spirit is a gentle spirit. The Holy Spirit, anytime you say something is making you, it's not the Holy Spirit. It doesn't make you. It will nudge you. It will speak to you. And how does it speak? Sometimes it's just your friend telling you a story. And as she, he or she is telling you that story, there's something inside of you that is connecting with that story. Remember the story of Gideon. Gideon was walking by the enemy's camp and he had one enemy tell his dream to another enemy and it was a confirmation to the question Gideon is asking God. So God will speak to you in many ways. But make sure you keep the right kind of company. The Bible says evil communication corrupts good manner. Amen. If the, your, your clique are not spiritual people, well, God can use anything. Amen. But you want to make sure the people you associate yourself with are people that can hear and do what God says. You know, so in such unguarded moments, sometimes God is speaking to us. You come to church. You know, she said, Pastor said, start a book of remembrance. So she started her book of remembrance. You know, in moments like that, in moments like right now, God is speaking to you. God is speaking to me. You pick up your Bible, you begin to read for yourself by yourself, and God begins to tell you stuff. The Holy Spirit begins to download into your spirit. Why? Because where the harvest is going to take place is within you. Amen? The harvest, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, kindness, gentleness, self-control, patience, all of that is going to come out of your spirit. 
Amen. It's coming out of your spirit. I remember <laughs> there was one time something happened. I got so angry. You know? And one thing led to the other. I, I, it, was, it was sad. So I went back to God in prayer. I said, Lord, why? Why? Why is this happening to me? I, I, I've, I've served my leaders well. This should not be happening to me. And God said to me, it's not about the other person. It was about me. He wanted me to see that I had a problem with anger. So he stoked it. <laughs> God stoked it. And then I reacted. When I rea after I reacted, I did not recognize me. Because prior to that, if you ask me, I thought I was a very humble, you know, somebody. <laughs> you know? And then uh, all of that showed me something. Amen? So, the fruit of the Spirit cannot be born in the flesh. You can fake it, you can act it, but in critical times, it will show. It will show. It will, in unguarded moments, boom! Like co-pastor said, you will default to your real original self. You know? So, she said, when I'm angry, when I'm angry I don't speak English. <laughs> if I spoke English, I'm translating in my head. And you're going to see that the thing is not flowing. I'm not like Mayowa. You saw how Mayowa spoke. You know, very smooth, smooth. You know, that's, uh, that's why uh, Ben said this one would be good for wife. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So the harvest is a matter of your spirit and my spirit. But the key here is walking with the Holy Spirit. So that as you're I'm dealing, say I'm dealing with Pastor Cole, and I'm a bit impatient. If I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit, he will whisper in my ears, soften your tone. You're being impatient. Slow it down. Cool it down. Or, or just take a break. Take a break. You're hearing, it's not a loud voice that is banging you on the head with the words. It's just a soft, gentle voice. That is saying, you're taking it too far. It's time to stop now. Before things get really crazy. Anybody ever experienced that? Only three people. Anybody ever experienced that? Okay, if your hand is down, is it that? Don't let me say it. <laughs> so watch this. To live in the spirit and by the spirit takes courage, takes wisdom, takes discernment, and it takes intentionality. It takes courage. It takes courage to do the right thing. Why do you think people are always acting crazy? Because it's easier to act crazy. If somebody walks up to you and what? They slap you. And this somebody is someone you know very well. If I give them a punch for three days, they will not recover. You know, it is not, it's not a kidding matter. You know, one tiny little thing walks up to you because they think they are bold. Wah! Slaps you. The greatest strength you have in that moment is to do nothing. 
We already know you're strong. You can beat this person up. So to hit them back does not require any strength. The real strength is in refrain. Is in refrain. So to walk with the spirit requires courage. It requires wisdom. And it requires you being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Discernment. And it requires being intentional that I want to do the right thing. If you have not set out to do the right thing, when the opportunity is presented, you may not do the right thing. Amen? Very important. Number two, very quickly. Number two. So number one is what? Number one. The harvest is in you. The harvest is in me. Number two, very quickly, we reap what we sow. Look at your neighbor. Tell them, say, you will reap whatever you sow. Amen. Let's read Galatians chapter 6, 7 through 10. Galatians chapter 6, 7 through 10. He said, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. That's something very important to just grasp. He said, don't be fooled. You cannot mock God. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will, let's read it together. You will always. If you harvest anything other than radish, you didn't plant the seed that I gave you. <laughs> Amen. He said, don't be misled. God cannot be mocked. The justice of God cannot be mocked. Whatsoever you have planted is what you're going to harvest. Watch this. Those who live to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death. For the sinful nature, I, I will... Let me read it again. Those who only live to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. Watch this. Very important. The decisions I'm making on a day-to-day -day basis, what is the basis of my decision? Am I sowing into my flesh or am I walking by the Spirit? Whatever I sow into is what I'm going to harvest from. So it says, if I'm sowing to my sinful nature, it said guaranteed. It's not a what if, maybe not. Guaranteed, I'm going to harvest decay and death. That is the guarantee that we have. Amen. And for the one that is sowing into the spirit. How do I sow into the spirit? I'm reading the scripture. I'm communing with God. I'm asking God, help me understand this thing. I have read it, but I'm not sure what it means. I go to Bible study, for example. Somebody is saying all kinds of things. I come back and say, excuse me. That thing you said, what exactly does that mean? What is happening? I'm seeking to know and I'm watering my spirit man. I'm watering my spirit man. I'm creating the right atmosphere. 
I, I take time to worship. I take time to give thanks. Lord, I just appreciate you. I just thank you for all that you have done. You've done so much for me. I cannot tell it all. You know, I just begin to worship God. I begin to give all of the glory back to him. You heard what uh, Dr. Yemisi said earlier. He said, there's so much more I'm skipping over because it took a lot to get to where I am today. She's remembering. She's remembering. What she's done today is part of walking by the Spirit, testifying to the glory of God, what God has done in her life. When was the last time you testified about anything that God has done for you? What she's doing is she's sowing into the spirit. Because all of that is all about God and not about her. What God has done. Amen? What is it that I'm doing for God today? Outside of what I do, you know, like they say, uh, get all you can. Put it in the can seal the can, and sit on the can. It's I, me, and myself. Praise the Lord. So when I sow into the Spirit, the Bible says I will reap everlasting life. As I'm sowing into the Spirit, it's transforming my life. I'm not the same person anymore. I'm changing gradually. Little by little, it's transforming me. The power of the word is transforming my life. Whatever a man sows, that also he shall reap. We have sown radish. We can only reap radish. If you are reaping something else, you have done... Aha. Uh-huh. So think about that. Last week, we talked about uh, John 15, 5. John 15, 5. Jesus said, Remain in me, and I in you. He said, Thereby you will be productive. You will bear fruit. Amen. He says, Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. What is that saying to you? It's saying there's no other way to produce fruit except by him. Amen? So if my life is all about everything else but him, and I want to bear fruit in him, it's saying I deceive myself. I am setting up myself to mock the justice of God. Because it is a godly principle that what I sow is what I'm going to reap. Amen? And somebody is thinking, Pastor, I've done some bad stuff. I thank God for the mercy of God. You know, after I got married, and uh, first year, second year, third year, you know, nothing was happening, you know the devil began to remind me the things I did before I got saved. And I was afraid for a little bit until the Holy Spirit spoke to me one day and said to me, all things. Oh, you didn't hear it. He said to me, all things. And all things have become brand new. Suddenly, 
courage came by the word by the word because if all of that was happening in my head the devil will have space in my head but the devil has no space in my spirit it has a, it, the, 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 the mind is where the, the game is being played. But in the spirit, God is in charge. Amen? The enemy cannot impact upon my spirit. That is why Satan works over time to ensure we feed the flesh and not the spirit. Because if your spirit man is strong, you can resist the devil. And it will flee from you. But for many, the, the flesh is this huge. And the spirit is my fist in the middle. So, when all of this is crowding that life, that life has no chance to resist. Invest more in your spirit man. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Number four, very quickly, as I wrap up, number four, very quickly. What we have to do, what we need to accomplish to harvest this fruit cannot happen by power nor by might. It can only happen by his spirit. The Bible says no man can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That should tell you something. That is not a determination of, okay, I will, I will stop smoking from tomorrow. For those that have made such determinations in the past, you know what I'm talking about. You know, before I really, really, really got born again, because I had some fringes of born againism all around the corner. For all the wrong reasons. You know, but when I fully became born again, I kid you not, I say this to the glory of God. I'm not bragging or anything like that, but to the glory of God. From one day to the next, I lost appetite for smoking. Completely. I was not trying to stop. I just saw that it was, and I was still living. All my friends, we stayed in the same room. You know, I was in the, in the university. You know, everybody still smoked. Everybody still drank. You know, I was an occasional drinker, so drinking was not a big deal for me. You know, without even being born again, I could have stopped drinking. Because every time I drank, I got drunk. <laughs> I didn't know how to drink and just drink for leisure. You know, so I just drink. You know, people are sipping and just gobbling it. <laughs> and then by the time all, it's all said and done, I'm all messed up. And they have to... You know, anyway, that story for another day. You know, but smoking was difficult for me. It was difficult for me. I just couldn't quit. You know, but from one day to the next, I just quit. I stopped. I stopped by the help of the Holy Spirit. You know, from one day to the next, all the campus, you know, Girls, you know what I'm saying? That all the escapade, I just lost desire for everything. I just lost desire for everything. You know why? The Holy Spirit. Stop struggling. Stop trusting in yourself and in the arm of flesh, thinking that you can 
do it all by yourself. We can only do any of this and all of this by the help of the Holy Spirit. I want to contrast real quick for us the, the fruit of the Spirit and the work of the flesh. Can we do that real quick and then we'll close and pray? Galatians chapter 5, let's read from 19 uh, to 21. Galatians chapter 5 from verse 19. Very quickly, please. Yeah. Watch this. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, watch. The results are very clear. Sexual immorality. If that's still something you're dealing with, it tells you where your investment of time is. Immo uh, uh, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. I told you my story. Outbursts of anger, self-ambition, dissension, division. You know, some people are always stoking the fire of division. Oh, this is what so and so said about you. I don't know how they pretend as if they are your friend. But this is what they said. You are creating division. If you want to solve a problem, why don't you call A and B together and say, you said this about B. You know, I, I don't know if you really meant it, but I, I, I want to hear from B. I, I want to hear her defense to what you have said about her. Going to that individual and telling them what the other person said, you are not solving any problem. You are actually gossiping. This is how I define gossip. Gossip, very simple. Gossip is, you are not part of the problem. There's a problem. You are not part of the problem. You are not the problem. You are not resolving the problem. You are not part of the solution. But you are talking about the problem. You are gossiping. What good does it do you that you are talking about the bad that somebody else has done or is experiencing? Is you are talking about it, making it go away? No. You are gossiping. Don't stoke the fire of division. Amen? And then he continues. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other things like this. Whereas on the other side, you have the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. What fruit would you rather bear? I want you to rise to your feet. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.